Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to, you know it's fake, right? The ongoing battle with the dirtiest four-letter word in professional wrestling. I am your host. My name is Brian Breaker. Welcome to the show. Um, if you've listened before, thank you. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, if it's your first time checking out the show, I appreciate you stopping by. Uh, great guest this week, uh, Nathan Estrada will be joining me on the show. No Nathan for for many years in the professional wrestling world, but even a little bit before that. We kind of dive into all that good stuff. Nathan's a pro wrestler and also a promoter now. So we're in a lot of different hats in wrestling. And, and like I always say, I think it's really cool to uh, to take someone in the industry and kind of get their perspective on everything. Because that's one thing I've realized in the um, time I, since I've done this show is everyone's perspective is different, you know. And I think that's what, what keeps me doing it. Because um, I'll just throw a little real life at you. I've been exhausted this week. Um... I, I do an alternating shift at work, days and nights, and when I'm on days, it's like I cannot get enough sleep, because I have to go in so early, I work a 12-hour shift, I come home, and I'm just exhausted. It literally takes, I eat my food, and next thing I know, I'm falling asleep. I'm so exhausted all the time. It's just, I think, part of that thing, and, and so a day like today, when I'm like, oh, I gotta put out the podcast, like, I love doing the podcast, but then it becomes a chore, and so I was asking myself, like, why, why do I keep doing it? Well, I keep doing it because of getting to tell stories, I think. Getting to hear different people's, you know, story. It's really such a fun, rewarding thing. It is It is tiring. And I think any podcaster listening is probably, like, nodding their head, like, yep, yep, yep. Like, Drew Vinsel is a great example of this. And, again, I haven't talked to him about this. Don't want to put words in his mouth, but he has twin sons, newborns. Guarantee you, he's exhausted all the time. And I'm sure no one would blame him if he's like, let's put the podcast on hold for like five years because we're just exhausted. But they still do it. And and I think because you do have a passion for it, you do enjoy it. And that's and that's what keeps us going as podcasters, which I think is... Uh, it's just something I wanted to share. I'm not sure if that matters to anybody, but there's something I wanted to throw out there for everybody. We do get tired. We do get exhausted. Sometimes it's easier to do it than other times, but that's kind of part of what keeps us going is, uh, as you guys listening, the passion. Like, anytime somebody gets on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever, and puts over a show I do, you have no idea how much joy that brings. And I'm sure, again, any podcaster listening probably feels the exact same way. It's a great feeling. So um, Nathan Estrada will be coming up uh, as, as the uh, guest for this show, which I'm really looking forward to. First time I've ever podcasted with him. And also, too, I want to give a quick shout-out to Alex Warren, my guest from last week, one and only root beer um, from The Weakest Link. How cool is that? I mean, I'm a huge mark for game shows. I, I have been for years. Um, to, to have a guy that I know personally be a contestant on the game show 
You have no idea how jealous I am about it. I'm just like, that is the absolute freaking coolest thing ever. So props to him. Like, that's just awesome. <laughs> you know, it's just such a cool thing. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the inside scoop on it because he, he really went into full detail of his entire experience, which, I mean, do you guys ever wonder about, like, I always kind of wonder, like, what's that like? Like, and like he even said at one point, like, they had extra people. Like, this is not a done deal. This could not be. Like, and how horrible would that be to to get all the way there? And I don't know if those extra people thought they were going to be on either or were they brought in as backup. You never know. I mean, COVID was still, I mean, it's still a thing, but it was very much a thing back when he filmed that about a year ago. So, like, someone could come up sick. Like, it, things could happen. But could you imagine all that time, all these months, and then, like, sorry, you're not going to get to film. It's just like, oh, what a letdown. Um, but, yeah, shout-out to Alex Warren. Really cool to have him on the show. I'm sure he'll be on again sometime. It's really cool to reconnect with him, which, again, that's another fun thing about this show, reconnecting with people, guys I haven't talked to in years. That's what makes this show fun and uh, makes me keep doing it. So uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's kick it over to my conversation with the one and only Nathan Estrada. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I'm being joined here in studio with Nathan Estrada. Nathan, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good. I appreciate you having me out. Yeah. Nice, right down the road from my house. Oh, so, perfect. Yeah, so it worked out. And a couple of Sand Springs boys. Absolutely, man. <laughs> yeah, so we've known each other for years. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, my my dad knows your mom. Yeah. I think they went to high school together, so mm-hmm. I even knew before like you even got into wrestling that you were getting into wrestling, Yeah. which is cool. Um, but like since that time, now you've actually become a promoter yeah like, you know you're doing the full transition of like wrestler to promoter everything mm-hmm. right a lot of hats yeah you know exactly and it's funny you know because thinking about everything that's led up to this moment going back all the way to you know like i've known your dad since i was five years old mm-hmm. you know doing doing karate with that's him right yeah yeah and even as i got a little bit older i remember as i was a teenager still there and uh he would tell me about his son that's wrestling and i was like man that's so cool like, <laughs> were you was, a fan even then yes yeah yeah and so and so i was like man i was like i was like that's awesome i was like look at look what he's doing and um, my mom didn't like it because she never wanted me to wrestle. Sure. She, she literally told me she prayed that I would never step into a wrestling ring. Yeah. And uh, one day in the paper we see, you know, local isn't the same Springs leader, you know, local man, you know, sign with NXT or whatever it is whenever yep. you got on there. And she tried to hide it from me because <laughs> she didn't want me to see there was a chance. <laughs> yeah, I can understand. And uh, but it's funny because I'm well, you're a parent now. I'm sure you get it. Yeah, I don't know. I want my son to wrestle. <laughs> do you? I do. And but I say that. And we spend all day, every day wrestling each other. Like well, I, his parents are both wrestlers. <laughs> I don't know if he has a chance to do anything else, exactly, right? Exactly. And he loves going to training with us or using his bed as a wrestling ring. And I asked him, I said, Noah, are you going to be a wrestler when you grow up? And he's like, I already am a wrestler, Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, right, my, my bad. I, I didn't realize, you know. But, but yeah, you know, coming from that and being a lifelong wrestling fan, and then, you know, getting to work shows and stuff. And, and, and I don't know if you really know or remember, but I, I stepped away for a while. Actually, when my son was born, mm-hmm. I thought I was done with wrestling. I had um, a match with Alex Royal at WFC, and I was happy with that. I was like, you know what? I can, Time to ride off into the sunset, yep, I was right? like, I could be done. I just had to pursue jiu-jitsu for a little while, and I yeah. went and did that. And it was fun. Did some tournaments, medaled, and, uh, and had fun with that. And then... Uh, things kind of started to come together and, and I was pitched for a match to come back as a, a mixed tag with my wife and did that, had some fun with it, started doing a couple of more and I was like, all right, I think I'm ready to come back to wrestling. And then, uh, 
me and my wife talked about like maybe we should buy a ring and so we hit up Mitch and asked him about the old compound ring and he was willing to sell it and so we worked out a deal on that and um fell it, it's kind of funny how how it really all worked out because um I had never imagined mixing you know wrestling with my church and stuff um so you were already a member of the church already a member of the church yeah yeah we had we ended up going there we were looking for somewhere to have like a little bit more stuff for kids and stuff. Like with my son, we wanted to be able to grow up around that kind of thing. And yeah, uh, so we went there. He goes to school there and stuff. But the associate pastor there is a huge, huge wrestling fan. Yeah, like, lifelong wrestling. He's at WrestleMania uh, this weekend as well, and he'll even tell a story about when he uh, he was preaching and he cut service short so he'd go to a meet and greet with the Undertaker. <laughs> and so we got talking to him like, hey, we bought this ring and, you know, we'd be interested in doing shows and, you know, you, we're just taking the money and put it back into the church for the youth because, again, that's what we came there for in the first place. We liked what they did with the kids and we wanted yeah. that for our son. And uh, one thing led to another. Now here we are, you know, been over a year that we've been running shows there. And it feels like it just gets better and better. And, man, it's it, it's incredible to see what we've all created together. When you're stepping into the promoter chair, it's mm-hmm. got to be a lot different, though, right? Because now you're responsible for hanging flyers, right? Yeah. I mean, you're you're responsible for the ring, for booking yep. the talent. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, lot that goes into it. Exactly. And it's not, you know, just show up the day of the show and get done. We're Even though we're only running once a month, we're talking about the show almost every day. I, can, sure. I can't imagine those people who are running weekly shows, you know, yeah. or something and like that. I'm sure that. you're getting texts all day long, yeah, right? Te- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nonstop. <laughs> and it's about stupid stuff. I'm like, I don't need to think about this right now. Like, like you know, we'll, fight, we'll figure it out later. And yeah. so... You know, so my wife and I will be talking about the car. We're figuring out who we need to, you know, contact. Like, have we already last been- minute cancellations? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, we've had we've had you know cancellations. You know, right before the show. You know, and stuff. And so now we're adjusting the car, calling somebody else up. Hey, can you come in? Oh yeah. Um, you know, and then even just getting people there to set the ring up. You know, and that that ring is the heaviest ring I've ever moved. I well, swear. And it's so much. I don't know. It's people may not get this. If you have two people to set up a ring, mm-hmm. it takes hours. Yeah. You have eight people. It's like 30 minutes. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and, what, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm like, everybody just show up. We'll get this done in no time. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I remember one time me and another guy, we got that these people booked the ring, um, from us and they were going to pay us pretty well to drive it down there. It was Harley's ring to set it up and mm-hmm. they were going to get us a room for the night and the whole deal. I'm like, yeah, okay. But we didn't think it's just us two putting this whole <laughs> ring together. Man, that took so long. Yeah. I mean, it was brutal. I yeah. remember afterwards that like, we were exhausted because you yeah. had to carry every piece, you yeah. know? Yeah, exactly. And then luckily we get some people who show up and help out. It's still, it's just exhausting. And then we're fortunate with running in the church that we don't have to set up lights and an entrance and and move in music equipment they've got the music set up there they've got lights for us already they got a big stage set up so we only have to worry about the ring and chairs um i can't imagine having to set up dj equipment and set up a whole you know backstage area with the curtain and everything uh that would just add in a whole other you know deal to it and then you said day of the show you're waiting i have a list of people on my phone i like start checking it off as they get there to make sure i have everybody um, as well as, you know, making sure music's lined up, videos are lined up and I get stressed out because our fans don't show up till right when the show starts. So I'm looking at the crowd. I'm like, it's all of a sudden it's a, I'm like, what we used to call a bomb scare. Right? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, nobody's going to show up. There's yeah. a bust. And then they all start trickling in. I'm like, all right, all right, now we're good. But I'm worried about the ring too. Is it going to hold up? Because yeah. 
we had we had our top rope break one time. I heard about that, yeah. And uh, it was a scary moment. And, you know, big old boy Samuel Savage hits the rope, snaps, and I don't think he knew he could do a backflip, but he sure <laughs> did that day. He learned. Huh? Yeah, it terrified me. And we ended up having the main event with only two ropes. We just moved the bottom to the top and uh, finished Best you up. Can, you know? Yeah, finished up the show and. Uh, so every show I'm like watch I'm like watching those ropes it terrifies me when people hit it even though they they should be good now yeah uh, it doesn't mean I'm not gonna be scared forever <laughs> no. sure well because now it's not just a ring it's your ring exactly. it's your company like yeah. there's so much more to it that's I think such an interesting side of, of pro wrestling because a lot of people don't realize the mm-hmm. all the little things that go into it like you yeah. said booking talent and yeah. making sure they show up and they're yeah. gonna be late or oh, I can't make it or yeah I got a better offer I gotta go do this show it's yeah. there's a lot that goes into trying to actually make a show happen exactly and man and and like i said it's it's a constant thing even with just the once a month and uh i wouldn't be able to do it with my without my wife there because we both have kind of taken our roles she she kind of handles the social media mm-hmm. and then you know we kind of talk and that's another together. that's a whole thing too yeah exactly she's getting messages all the time on there and then um man some of the messages we get we had a guy Asking if he could defend his Intercontinental Championship at our show. Saying oh, he wanted God. to talk to Vince McMahon. And I, and you almost think it's a joke, right? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. And, man, a lot of those crazy things I see on Facebook, I thought there's no way this is real until I started meeting some of these people in person at oh, wrestling yeah. shows. Oh, yeah. And, uh, man, the characters you meet in wrestling. Yeah. I, when I was in Florida, we had a guy that used to come to a couple of shows. He always wore, like, the, the, the nicest suit you could imagine. Yeah. And he had one of those generic wrestling title belts like, yep. that you would order just as like you know world champion yep. and his said mma world champion <laughs> and he was like yeah i'm the mma world champion I'm like oh you're the world champion of all mma, of huh? all MMA including ufc <laughs> yeah. and, and like he wore it so proudly and it's just like is this guy does he actually think he's fooling us because we all like took a group picture with him because we thought it was funny he thinks he's like yeah you know like he's not at all getting that he's not in on the joke and it's just like only in wrestling, right? I mean, yeah. that's another thing. Like, you only meet these people in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And you never see them any other time, but they're all there for wrestling. Yeah, and, uh, and it's just, I wouldn't believe that they're real. And even, I like, I tell these stories to people, and and they, they're like, there's no way. Right. You know, there's no way that guy really exists. There's no way that really happened. I'm like, I promise you, <laughs> this, this is real life. This happened. They, I know. It sounds larger than life. You know, we talk about... You know, on the stage and in the ring being larger than life, you can only imagine what's going on in the car rides in the locker room, oh, you yeah. know? And, uh, man, that's where the best stories come from. I love wrestling. I love getting in the ring, but the most fun times I have are in the car on the way there in the oh, locker for room. Sure. <laughs> for sure. And that's why it's been great getting back on the road and stuff. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, when you were – did you find wrestling as a kid? Like, how did your interest first start? So, my brother got me into it originally. Okay. And uh, so, I started watching it when I was about four or five years old. I was a WCW kid. Mm-hmm. I never watched WWF. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, really? Yeah, because he didn't watch WWF. He didn't He didn't like it as much. And he's like, well, if I'm watching my five-year-old brother, I don't want to watch these, like, brawn panties matches with sure. you and all this stuff. So, you're probably seeing, like, DDP and Sting yeah. and all those guys. So, yeah. Goldberg was my absolute favorite. Sure. And, so and he's Tulsa boy. Yeah, I was like, it was like an Although a lot of people don't like him, I, I get goosebumps when he comes out, you yeah. know, and people make fun of me for it. But I love Goldberg. I can't help it. And, <laughs> and Sting, too. Sure. And uh, <clears throat> when I was about five or six years old, my brother actually took me to WCW Nitro when they came to Tulsa one oh, time. Oh, awesome, yeah. And so that was the first live wrestling event I ever got to go to. And I just fell in love with it. And I watched it for a while, and when I was about eight years old, I probably kind of got out of it because then my brother kind of got out of it. He was older, 
Uh, he's about 10 years older than I am. And so he kind of got out of it. And it wasn't until I was about 12 or 13, I'm flipping through the channels, and I see Ric Flair on TV. And I'm like, I'm like, what, wrestling's still on TV? Like, it just didn't really click with me that that was still a thing. And uh, regained my love for it. And so about that time, I was about 13 or so, uh, just fell back into it. And I started being like, man, I want to do this. Is like, that, I I'm assuming this is WWE you're watching It's WWE. Point. And then eventually I found out about TNA yeah. and stuff like that. And I Because I thought only Monday Night Raw was the only thing. And then I find out they had ECW on Tuesdays at the time. And yeah. uh, WWE is ECW. And then uh, yeah. SmackDown. And then I found out about uh, TNA. And so I'm watching wrestling almost every night of the week. And uh, I was like, man, this is this is what I want to do. And every every day with my cousins, we're on the trampoline oh, wrestling yeah. and stuff, you know. And uh, and uh, I told myself, like, man, I just want to like, I just want to touch a wrestling ring. Yeah. Like, like, like I'd be happy if I could just touch a wrestling ring, right? And then I show up for training the first day, and I got in. I'm like, man, then I'm like. Well, you know what? I just I just kind of would like to have a match. Like if I have one match, I'd probably be okay. Yeah. And then like you know, it'd be cool to win, like be a main event on a show someday. And so it just kind of has kept progressing. Your, your and goals stuff. build. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Now that I've done that, I want to do this. I want to do this. And and like I said, I kind of got out of wrestling. I kind of got into the idea of like, you know what? I'm okay with just wrestling indies and stuff and going away. And now I'm like, you know what? I really want to shoot to try to make it in this business. I think I can make a good run now. And uh, now that I'm not working, I'm I, one of the things that always felt like held me back was my body. I wasn't very big, you mm-hmm. know. And even when I got up to my biggest, you know, I'm about six foot tall, and I got up to two oh five, and I always thought like six foot two hundred pounds meant you were huge. And then not in like, wrestling, though. yeah, exactly. Yeah. you know, exactly. And then I was like, I was like, well, I feel like I look all right, but I'm still not where I need to be. And so now. I'm in the gym, like, hitting it harder than ever, uh, training with Mascara Pupra. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's helping me clean up some things and stuff and going and wrestling, better promotions. And, you know, I really came back in, like, you know, December I had one match, but January is when I started making my run again. So I'm just a few months in. Um, I feel like I had lost a little bit of my stuff, but I'm getting it back and then some. Yeah. You're still pretty young, though. Exactly. And so I got, I've gotten to go to five different states, some new promotions and stuff. Uh, got to be in a tag match with uh, Brutal Bob Evans. Uh, oh yeah, I love stuff. Bob. Yeah, and so that was that was a really cool experience. Man, so much knowledge. Oh yeah, from him and stuff. And so he helped. And he's really good. He really, I want to have him on the show at some point. He really likes helping out everybody. Exactly, which that, I think is cool. Yeah, exactly. And he he seems to sincerely care about the people he's helping. And he helped us get hooked up with this place in uh, Colorado, Rocky Mountain Pro. That mm-hmm. we had a great time at. And uh, that they have some really good, high-quality uh, production oh, there, nice. too. Which, that's always good. You exactly. Know, sometimes people don't realize this, but if you're wanting to get out places, there's something about, like, the footage you can get. And if someone has good production and they mm-hmm. can give you good footage, that means sometimes so much more. Exactly. Then I know all the guys at Reality of Wrestling, that was one of the things that I kind of realized from them. was like, wow, you have... TV quality footage to show yeah. people like it makes you look like more of a star than being shot with some, you know, exactly. go camera or whatever. Exactly. You know? yeah. And so it, it, it changes things for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and and it's, it's interesting how just that little, you know, detail makes you so much more of a star. You hear the commentary, you yeah. have the nice lights and stuff. Well, it's hard to watch just hard cam footage, right? Yep. And I'm sure as a promoter, you get sent matches all the time. Yes. And, you're like, <laughs> and I'm sure, and I used to have to be, I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to watch this, you know? I, yeah, no, that's, and I, I do, I get bored of watching matches, and that's why one time we did just an open trial, I'm like, hey, guys, I'm tired of watching matches, I'm like, if you want to be on the show, come to this, so we can just watch you guys all in one, in yeah. one go, and, uh, 
but but yeah, that 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 footage is. I mean, it's a big deal. You know, sure it is. And uh, so we we like that, and also they stream. You know, and oh, so, there you go. And that's kind of a. I know when I first moved to Oklahoma, I was actually wrestling for this promotion. I'll tell you about it afterwards. But okay. he was like, I got a TV deal, and I'm like. Oh. Oh, I know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> this is like 2013. I'm thinking like, brother, like it ain't, TV's not happening anymore. It's it's Netflix. It's Hulu. That's yeah. the, that's where it's at. Or YouTube mm-hmm. to a lesser degree if you want to go the free route. And I was like, it's local television to this small town. And I'm like, I, I mean, no one's watching that. You know, I mean, it's cool. But, uh, you know, again, your production is awful. You're, you have no set. It's a bunch of tarps. Like, yep. and I understand people are doing the best that they can, mm-hmm. but when you first watch wrestling to me, like I know so many people love WWE. Yeah. Like think about the BOK center here in Tulsa. When, yep. when raw or SmackDown comes to town, several thousand people go, yep. but an indie show, we're putting 150 to 200 in a, in a building. Like, yep. wait a minute. Look, where's that? But it's, it's big time. It's the sets. It's the pyro. It's yep. the lights. It looks professional. Yep. People are happy to go to that. The small mm-hmm. indie, they're like, mm, you know, right. And I think that's the difference sometimes. Exactly. You know, and, and, and that does draw people in a lot of people. It's funny that, that one of the comments we get on our show is they walk in and they kind of expect that generic indie, like you walk into like sure. a trashy building or something. Yeah. They walk in, we have like this nice sanctuary at our church with the big stage and the screens and stuff. And so immediately now their perspective has kind of changed. They're like, Absolutely. Oh, it's a little bit nicer. Look, you know, it's a little bit different than we thought. And, uh, but but going back to the streaming and stuff, that that I'm the reason I like that is it helps get your name out there. Now you're not wrestling for the hundred, two hundred people that are just there. Absolutely, you're wrestling for you know however many people are watching or the whole internet. You know, and and, and if sense. people start googling your name, will start popping up places. Exactly, and that's and that's a good thing. Exactly, uh, Sam Stackhouse talks about that's one yep. of the ways he got noticed was you know his internet you know stuff and so oh, and he was actually just sitting in the chair you were in not long ago. <laughs> I had him back on the show and we kind of talked about that you know. Yeah. And, and him meeting some of the right people. Yeah. Which I think, you know, he's proof. I don't think we saw – I didn't see Sam Stackhouse blowing up like he did. Yeah. I knew he was talented. Yep. And I knew, like, he could do things that people – like, you don't expect the moonsault and, like, yep. you know, the big enziguri and some of the yep. stuff he would do. Like, you don't expect that when you yep. see him. But I've seen it for so many years. It kind of just becomes like, oh, that's just Sam. But yeah. then <laughs> all these other people are seeing it for the first time. They're losing their mind. I'm like, well, yeah. You it's, know? It's funny because that's we, – we, I talked about that about him too. The Oklahoma crowd just kind of got used to it. And mm-hmm. they still gets the pop, but it wasn't the same. No, because they've now, seen it before. Yeah. And, and so, man, he's got, like – the the way people are flocking to him and love him, it's awesome. And I love I, the I, Bam Bam Bigelow gear. Yeah, it's it so looks cool. good. It's it so cool. Good. It's so I, cool. I always say I like to see good things happen to good people, so I'm I, happy I agree. that that's happening with Sam. Yeah, I, I agree. Sam's a great dude, and um, you know, like I said, I know he's doing a lot with GCW. I think that's only going to get bigger, so yep. I'm, I'm happy for it. And I think that's something that you all, we all need in wrestling too is like happiness for other people, yep. right? You know, and like. And because Sam's also such a good guy, he will help anybody yeah. succeed <laughs> yeah. if, if he can. Yeah. And, I, and I think that that's a that's a cool trait to have. But yeah. now that you're kind of getting back in, into the the run of things of making, you know, towns and, and working more. Obviously, now that things are open back up. It's a little bit easier. Exactly. You know? Yeah. But does that was that hard to transition back to just a wrestler when you've been promoting for like the last year or so? No, not so much. I, it was actually kind of nice. You know, you've probably seen some of the quotes from Cody Rhodes about, you know, I didn't want to be the, you know, this. I wanted to still be, you know, a wrestler. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's what I, you know, what I enjoy doing. You know, the the show is fun. That's a way for us to give back to the church and stuff. But I, I enjoy performing. Like, that's, you know, that's that's where it's really fun. And I barely 
wrestle on my own show because it's too hard. Well, see, and I, and I know that the show that I went to with my nephew, I was telling you before we started recording, like the, a little battle royal, you jumped in real quick and then jumped out real quick. And yep. my nephew was like, we need to go check on him. <laughs> I think he's okay. Yeah. But I've, I've heard that. Like if you're, if you're promoting a show mm-hmm. and working a show, mm-hmm. something's getting neglected, whether it's yeah. the promotion side of things yeah. or your match. Yeah. And so you don't want to stink the joint out, you know, because yeah. you have to have time to put that together. But yeah. you're also putting out fires probably constantly. Exactly. No. And, and, and uh, yeah, and that's exactly exactly right because something comes up and somebody's running to you for this or that or whatever so now you know for the most part you know my wife and i we decided like you know one of us is wrestling or the other we're we're unless it's a big show like at the anniversary show we both wrestled but for the most part we're trying to not both be wrestling Mm -hmm. so one of us can focus on all those other things while the other one can put a little bit more um, attention into focusing on your match on your opponent and stuff like that yeah, and, and that makes sense. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of talked about becoming a fan. What about actually getting into the business? So you, I know you trained at Compound. Exactly. When did you start there? Uh, let's see. So my debut would have been about eight years ago, and I started training the December before that. So I didn't even train all that long before I ended up in the yeah. show. And uh, But I started looking for places to train, and... I really, uh, for a while, I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to, before I found out there was wrestling in Oklahoma, I was like, I'm going to move to Florida and train here. I wanted to go to, a time, at the time, OVW was was Impact's you know, yeah. development. I was like, I'm going to go to Kentucky and train there. Or I want to go to San Antonio to Shawn Michaels' uh, school down there. I have family in San Antonio. That was one I was like, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move and I'm going to go to one of these places. And then on the radio one day, so of all things, I hear a commercial for a wrestling show, a local, and I was like, what? I was like, did I hear that right? You know, and then I didn't quite catch the name of it, and I, like, kept it on that station. Just hoping, in case you heard it again. And I did, and I hear, you know, Compound Pro Wrestling, and I go, I look it up, um, and I, I go to a show um, with, uh, I can't remember who I went with at the time. I think it's my group, my ex now, but my girl, my then-girlfriend at the time. And I went and I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. This is right here. I was like, I want to do this. And so like I asked somebody there about training and they're like, we're looking for a building. And then I just kept emailing and messaging. I'm like, hey, you guys doing training yet? Are you training yet? Are you training yet? And eventually um, uh, uh, they worked out a deal with like body progression in Bristow. And that's why I started training under CRD. And uh, Michael Wolf was there at the time too. Mm-hmm. And those were kind of the two guys who helped me get started and stuff. And so obviously CRD being the main guy uh, training me, he really got me into the business. And I just, you know, I fell in love with it immediately. And uh, one thing that I took advantage of with him was he was traveling a lot at the time. Even before I was working shows, I was hopping in the car with him. Which every, is a great experience. Every chance I got. And I try to get, we have some guys who are training with us. You know, I talked about masquerade training and stuff. And I'm like, come with us. Like, it's, you yeah. know, it's fun for one thing. You start to get to know people ahead of time and stuff. And so I was in the car every chance I got. And that got me to meet a lot of people that way. And, and, and it helped me get in. And so I'd like to be able to do that for other people too, you know. Well, and also too, like, and I'm sure as a, obviously with licensing, it can be a little bit different. But mm-hmm. if someone happens to be there with someone and they're like, oh, you're trained, you're a wrestler. Yeah. We had a guy cancel. Can you work? Yeah. You know, yeah, that, I, that always happens. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And I've gotten a lot of opportunities that way. And, sure. and honestly, is that's a, you got a better chance of getting in that way than yeah. someone, than like, you know, hey, brother, can I be <laughs> on your show? And, well, and that's the thing. How many, how many emails do they get? Yep. You know, and, and that's, and that's the, the thing about sending out the cold email. Sometimes it, I'm not saying not to do it, but yeah. you know, like you put in your eight by 10, you send like a 20 minute YouTube match that they're mm-hmm. not going to watch. Yep. Like sometimes I think 
hopping in the car and just showing up a place. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm here. I, you know, well, I'll run the camera. I'll run the music. I'll sit in the crowd. I'll be a plant. Whatever you need me to do. That goes a long way sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. And that's it, it's one of the things Bob Evans says is like, how can you help the show? You know, yeah, what can you do to yeah. help them? And so, uh, but like, you know, for instance, like uh, Metroplex in Dallas mm-hmm. years ago, you know, before I took my break from wrestling, I hit them up and was. And that's MPH, right? Yeah. yeah. Hit, uh, sent them some stuff and, you know, got left on red, yeah. you know. And then later, you know, my wife and Tommy Dean are going down there and I went down there with them and I met them and then. Got in. They they gave me a dark match one day, and then now I'm doing some other stuff with them. And I'm, I think I think my buddy Cal Jack just wrestled Dimitri there. Oh yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if that was MPX or not, but uh, I, I knew Cal from uh, from NXT. Oh yeah. And, and he's like does this bear gimmick, and so I was like, well, yeah, of course. I him, saw that him, on him, Facebook. Him yeah. and Dimitri, and that <laughs> uh, Dimitri messaged me asking. And I was like, oh yeah, I know. He was a great guy, and I was like, he's strong as an ox, though. And he's like, really? And then he messaged back. I was like, well, you weren't kidding me. He's strong. I was like, yeah. I was like, when I was in NXT, there was a group of amateur wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Jason Jordan was pretty well considered the best. Mm-hmm. Until Cal showed up, and he's like, "No, he's the best." And I'm like, "Really?" Because he, he's kind of unassuming looking. You would—he's big, but you wouldn't yeah. think like the. But yeah, he's a legit strong son of a gun. And so <laughs> I thought that was so cool. I was like, "Man, that's so awesome!" Two friends that I know that don't know each other got to have a match. Like it, that's really cool. It's crazy small world, right? Yeah, like, yeah. meeting all these people who know other people yeah. and stuff. And uh, but but yeah, that 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 is a cool deal. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, but I, like you said, you, you sent him a message. Maybe a promo picture, whatever. But it's like, you know, pro wrestlers, I think, especially now, are kind of a dime a dozen. Yeah. And and sometimes they look like, oh, he's from Oklahoma. You'd have to travel. Nah. Yeah. And it's not that you're not good or yeah. you can't bring anything to the show. But there's something so much better about meeting someone in person. And yeah. and so to me, I think that that's a, that's a cool thing. And, and, I, and I get it. Trust me. Because it's not always fun to show up to a show, bring in your gear, just hoping for an opportunity. Yeah. But sometimes that's what you have to do. Yeah, well, and that's how a lot of people have gotten on our shows where people who just show up like, hey, can help out with the ring or do whatever sure. and work security. And you're never going to turn down someone helping with the ring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, no way. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, please do. <laughs> you yeah. know, and and that's gotten a few people uh, on our show who are getting regularly booked now. In fact, uh, uh, Dan Weber, who's about to be in the main event of our next show for a title against Double D, who's been undefeated since he's been in our company, he just hit me up. I was like, hey, can I come help out? And uh, and so he did. And then he showed up when I talked about we did those tryout matches. And now here he is, you know, a year later, still with us on this, mm-hmm. you know, huge run, getting ready for a big title match. And so that's awesome. Uh, it goes, it, it does. And like, it, I'm pretty much everybody who showed up does like, hey, want to help out Maui Mike and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we find, we try to find a place for him because that, that means a lot to me. If people are, you know, willing to put in the work, like I'll, I'll try to work with them if I can. For sure. I, I think it does go a long way. And I think when someone, someone has like, you can see passion, right? You can see when someone's like, I just want to help. I want to be a part of wrestling because yep. we've all been there, yep. right? Where we just want to be a part of something. And so I think it's, I think it's smart that guys do that. And I'm glad to hear that people are still doing that because exactly. I've kind of stepped away from the business the last couple of years, but yeah. it's, it's cool to see that, you know, like, and that was so, I was telling someone this the other day, it was so crazy. All the companies that were around when I came to Oklahoma mm-hmm. are gone now, except <laughs> WFC. Yeah. But all these new ones have shown up. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. that weird cycle. Like yeah. things go away, then they then they return, and <laughs> and it's like the same company, but it's different. And it's right. just it's kind of always how it goes. Yeah, yeah, it really is though. And I, that's kind of funny. I hadn't thought about that because there are a lot of newer companies around that really haven't been, other than WFC that celebrated ten years. Yeah, recently. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, not a whole lot that have been around that long. Well, and like I've always, I've always told people, and because this is just my personal opinion, but I was like, you know, I know Oklahoma gets kind of crapped on for not having the best shows sometimes, mm-hmm. but what what place in this small radius has like five or six companies? Right. You know, I mean, that's, that's a lot of places to work. So even if you just want to stay local, there's mm-hmm. several companies you can go and. And work at, and I think that that's a good thing. There's wrestling every weekend in Oklahoma, right? Yeah, now, you know, and so there, they, like you said, there is a lot, and so that's one thing we we try our best to like work around other shows. That's why sometimes we're doing these Friday shows and stuff, although we prefer Saturday. But uh, and most people do prefer Saturday, right? Yeah. But it's good because now you can give people a chance to do a double shot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, but but like you said, when a lot of these people are hitting us up for bookings and messaging us from out of town and stuff, I'm I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I'd like to book you, but. Now you've got to go through all this licensing first. So until you actually get your license, I can't. I can't have you on a show, anyways. Yeah. You know, and uh, so and is, is the licensing still the same? Like yeah. the one year blow? Yeah, yeah. Having to get the blow work, fax to them the very specific yeah. uh, physical form and all that. I'm like, you got to do all that, and then so, depending on which commissioner comes to you, they'll they'll say you have to have the the license on you. Some of them are willing to call the office and make and check and see if your name's on the list, but. Uh, to do that with an out of town guy, oh yeah, is a lot more work. And it's a lot of risky. I mean, exactly. very risky. Yeah. Uh, do you know how many times I paid for a license and never got one in the mail? Exactly. Yeah. So many times. Yeah. And, like I, I understand the commission's a good thing, but I mean, there are many times like I'm like they're just pocketing because it's cash. You know, <laughs> that's like, what it feels like. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, mm, I, I don't know. So it's a little iffy. But you know, again, as a promoter, mm-hmm. you have to do what you have to do, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And because you know, not only do we have to worry about people being licensed, we have to worry about our own promoter license. You know, yeah. as well, and sending in the uh, uh, application for the event every month and all of that as well. So it just adds in a whole other layer. I'm like, I wish we were in Texas. We didn't have to deal with all that. It's mm-hmm. it's crazy how some states, like, they're just nothing. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I know guys, uh, like, at Kansas doesn't have an athletic – well, they have an athletic commission, but they don't actually license wrestlers. They mm-hmm. – but yeah, I, yeah, I think exactly. it's just the event they license, which maybe. is weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Texas is nothing. Yeah, right? nothing I, at all. You set up a show, sell tickets, you're yeah. good to go, and, and it's crazy. Missouri, though, you know, it's there's, more strict. Yeah, you have to have the blood work every six months, and yeah, yeah, and it's and it's it's more strict. It's I, I don't know. It's just totally. I don't know. It's sometimes it's just a lot to deal yeah. with, but you know, I, I get that they're trying to keep guys safe. Same time, I'm like, you have no merit on training well and, that, know, and that's, and that's the big a weird thing. Like, that's a weird thing like, to me. yes they said they see if a doctor says you're okay but i i went to get my physical one time and i had a cast on and they passed me on the physical so you know <laughs> so you know and I, the physical form they give you is like nothing yeah and, and i'm like it's like put a check mark if their heart and lungs sound good like yeah and that's like you know that's it I, every doctor in like the missouri physical form is like four pages I, I i have the missouri license right now yeah so you know it's yeah. very very thorough the Oklahoma one, like, so what I would do is where I would go get licensed because I was still working in both states. I would take both forms and say, mm-hmm. can you please fill out both forms for me? And they were, they were like, oh, yeah, that's no problem. Mm-hmm. Like, boy, this this one's very <laughs> thorough. This one, not at all. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. <laughs> and I kind of explained, it was like, this is just a paperwork thing mostly. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, getting a physical is good, but that's like all of it is I need to have all this in line so I can fax it all. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're cool. Yeah. So it's, it's, de- <laughs> it's definitely an interesting thing. <laughs> Man, you know, talking about Missouri wrestling, there, there, there's only one company I've wrestled for for there. It's ICWF, and they draw great. It's a lot of fun. But the first time I actually did anything in Missouri was I actually went to the Harley Race Camp. And, oh, yeah. Oh, you were there. You were there one day. I remember seeing you there. Yeah. Dude, that was, like, the one of the best experiences I ever had. What year was that? I can't even remember now. 
Yeah. Uh, it would have been a while back, at least four years ago. I mean, yeah, maybe, something maybe like that. Maybe five. Um, but, man, that was so cool. I loved it, just waking up every day and just going in there for a whole day of wrestling. It, it's a lot of bumping, though. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, the, the New Japan guys had that one day, and the first thing they did were like, all right, 200 squats, 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups. And then they're like, well, we're, we're taking it easy on you guys. Oh, yeah. And everybody's like – Throwing up. <laughs> and, and there's there were there were times that they didn't take it easy on us because I did many of those camps and, and they were like we do this every day and you're like oh my god like seriously <laughs> yeah it's uh it's interesting but yeah those camps are, you can get a lot out of it I remember mm-hmm. you know a couple of years in I'm I'm like am I wrestling a match in front of Ricky Steamboat like <laughs> what, what is this you know right? I'm doing matches in front of William Regal and. Marafuji and Kenta and all these Japanese guys. And the thing about the Japanese that I, I always loved, and this is not a knock on anyone from WWE, but you could tell that they were kind of there, that it wasn't their idea. Yeah. The Japanese sat there and they watched mm-hmm. intently mm-hmm. everyone. And I'm talking, they're watching 20 matches. <laughs> and I was getting bored, so I know they had to be. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. you see some guys that are good and some guys that are just awful. Yeah. And so I'm like, man, I always I always respected the fact that they actually sat down and just watched it, you know? Right. Yeah, well, and if people are paying their money and they're trying to be there. Big like, money, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly, you know. And uh, But I'm trying to remember who all was even, who was there. I remember that uh, Rocky Romero yeah, was yeah. there. Um, I remember they had some Ring of Honor guys. I think Delirious was there. Yep, that's right. And then I think Steve Carino came from WWE. I think that was 2017. That was the last was camp okay. I went to, yeah. Yeah, and uh, but man, it was like just to get feedback from those kind of guys and stuff and kind of get a little feel because, you know, uh, Carino was basically like, you know, this is – a day in the life of like a you know like an NXT trainee, mm-hmm. and I was like I would love that you know yeah. like that yeah it was it was it was a really good experience. I know uh, twenty I think it was twenty twelve, it was twenty twelve. William Regal came to our camp. Dang, no, it was twenty eleven. I don't remember, but it was one <laughs> of those years. He came along with uh, Ricky Steamboat, mm-hmm. and Ricky Steamboat had been a few times. And Regal, I, I always respected his opinion so much because he and he was very instrumental in getting me signed from that camp and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he'd seen me once before, but mm-hmm. he uh, he was very like he was the way he said it. I always respected because he was like, "If you guys want to make it to the WWE, this is what I need to see." Mm-hmm. And he like laid it out. Mm-hmm. He goes, "Now, if you want to go to Noah, New mm-hmm. Japan, Mexico, you know, Europe, mm-hmm. it's different. Here's what I need, basically. Yeah, and this is what I want to see." And it was amazing how many guys didn't do that. You know what I mean? Like, all, so all I did to get noticed, if anyone wants to know the f- trade secret here, I took as many things as he said and tried to apply as many of them as I could in my match. Mm-hmm. And I think he looked at it as like, well, he's listening. You're you like, know? he gave me the answers to the test. Like, <laughs> Right. I mean, that's how I looked at it. And it was amazing. Like, cause, and I'm sure you saw it. So many guys, they want to, like, you have five, five minutes probably, right? A five-minute match. I think, yeah. And they want to hit spot, 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 spot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you're, but you're you're taking away. Think like one of the things he's talked about was facial expressions. I need to see your facial expressions mm-hmm. when you're doing spot, 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 spot. You're not seeing that. Yeah. And and I'm like, so I kind of took that. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. He had little things he wanted his baby face to do, little things he wanted the heel to do, and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah. I get it. And and it was and like even him and Ricky Steamboat would even say like these are things we disagree on, mm-hmm. and it's like wow, <laughs> but they're both. Very accomplished pros, but yeah. they still disagree on things. Yeah. So, how can you please both parties and try to make sure the Japanese like you? You know, it's not an easy thing to do. That's the crazy thing about wrestling is there are so many different demographics to appease. That's why you have like the high flying match. That's why you have the hard hitting match. Why you have a comedy match? You know, yeah. you have a women's match because there's a lot of dem- different demographics. And they talked about that at the camp. They said. 
you know, with all their market research, the WWE fan could be anywhere like four four years old to eighty years old. Sure. So how do you appease everybody in that? Even, well, you, you have know? a you have a young son, yeah. And so I'm sure, like I know with my nephew, the one thing I've really enjoyed about watching wrestling with him is he just watches. He's yep. not critiquing anything. Exactly. He likes it like when the good guy wins. Yep. And he's always like, "Is uh, is you know Seth Rollins a good guy?" I'm like, "No." He goes, "I don't like him." <laughs> my my son, he's he's like, "Who's the good guy?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's all he cares about. Yeah. And um, like I, I remember I got him, you know, I'll buy him action figures and stuff. And I, I can't remember who I bought one time, but it was a two pack. Mm-hmm. I think it was I think it was somebody in the Miz, Jeff Hardy in the Miz, maybe or something mm-hmm. like that. And he's like, I don't like the Miz. He's a bad guy. <laughs> and, and it, I just—it's so funny how it's like I don't even want his figure. He's a bad guy. I just disgust him. And to me, like that's what's so—that's that's what drew me into wrestling, right? Yeah. Like the, that innocence of just being a fan and just yeah. enjoying it for what it is. And so I think it's really cool to see that. And yeah. you know, I think that's so important. Like you said, there are a lot of demographics in wrestling. So yeah. are are you? Are we always trying to appease the super smart marks? Yeah, I think. In some cases, it's smart because that who's who's spending probably the most money. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this five or six year old that could be a fan for the rest of his life, yeah, make sure he enjoys it too. Well, and that's like with our show, we we try to do that. We we, we always say there's something for everybody, you yeah. know, because we have uh, we have like a giant chicken on our show, so kids love that. You know, they crack up if you want. You know, the more you know, quick pace. You know, if you want to call it indie style or whatever. You know, we got like Tommy Dean out there doing all this crazy stuff and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you like, uh, uh, you know, something old school, we got CRD on the show. You want a women's match? We got a women's division, you yeah. know, uh, if you like, you know, like, like the big man, you know, we got, you know, we got Sam Sackhouse, you know, and, and so we, we tried to make sure there's something for everybody. Cause we understand that not everybody likes what we like, you sure. know? And so we try to put something out there for everybody. Well, I know the show that we came to, you guys had a false count anywhere match. You had a yep. battle Royal. Yep. You were in briefly. Yeah. <laughs> I think we had that. You had like a big hardcore type match with Drake Gallows. And I mean, you yeah. know, it, it was a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know? And I think that that's like you said, it's important. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause like you said, there's, there's something, there's something for everybody that way. And yeah. so we get a lot of people who haven't been to wrestling or maybe it's the, the dad that brought both his kids, maybe only one of them liked wrestling or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now they're, you know, they're like, Oh my gosh, that was, you know, so cool. Or we like, you know, Mr. Nasty coming out, you know, yeah. this big personality, or we thought the, you know, Fester Cluck was hilarious, this giant chicken, or maybe they brought their daughter and was like, Oh my gosh, you know, they have this women's title and, you know, yeah. I want to, I want to be a women's champion one day or whatever, you know, whatever that looks like for them. There, there's something for him. You know, it's, it's funny you say that because William Regal had always said that one of the people he always worked toward mm-hmm. was the guy that brought his son that did not care to be there. Yeah. And I'm like, that's an interesting thing to think about. But he was like, you know, his son loves it. So he came, mm-hmm. but he paid him money. He paid his money too. Not yeah. for just his son, but for himself. Yeah. So I want to make sure that he ultimately was like, that was a good decision. And I'm yeah. like, that's an interesting thing to think about because we don't always think about that, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, for every guy that's loving wrestling, he may have a, a woman next to him who does not. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he convinces friends to come. Yeah, that that show. He's like, guys, you got to come, and they're like, all right, I always want to hang out with you. Or it, it'll be a fun night out, right? Yep. So, but like, how do you get those people from? Hey, this was a fun one-off experience. I enjoyed it. To I really want to be a part of. I want to come next time because this was so much fun. Exactly. And I think that's the that's the goal with wrestling is you want to create that like wow I really want to watch this more. This is really fun because those those wrestling fans the regulars like we love them like you know we wouldn't be able to do this without them right. But we know they're going to be there. You sure. Know? And, yeah. and, and they they like pretty much everything we put on already. So like I said, how do you get the other ones to come back? That's mm-hmm. that's the harder the the harder job. Well, and I think and then making those people from like maybe a casual fan or someone who knows nothing about it to becoming. A casual fan or even a diehard fan, you yeah. know, because we've all been 
you know, had cycles of our fandom with pro wrestling and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I know there are times, like, honestly, right now, where, where WWE doesn't interest me a lot. Yeah. My nephew loves it. Yeah. So he'll he'll watch clips and stuff. And he doesn't even watch the TV shows. He just watches clips on YouTube, you know, yeah. because that's... That's what my, one of my nephews does. He watches YouTube. Because, like, <laughs> it, I mean, we didn't have that. I mean, I didn't have that when I was <laughs> yeah. a kid. So. Totally different way of watching it. But mm-hmm. that's what he does. But I, I watched WrestleMania, like I said, this year, and... I was like, you know what? I was actually entertained, you yeah. know? So it did what I wanted it to do. Like, it entertained me. Yeah. It's just, I don't think I'm the target demographic for WWE anymore. You know, I don't know right. if that makes sense You're or right. not. But again, if I can turn on a WrestleMania or maybe a SummerSlam, watch it here and there, can I be entertained? Sure. You know, and I think that's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even, I mean, like, you know, I was talking about, you know, earlier with you about having the, having a busy life and stuff uh, between like wrestling and promoting and being a dad and all that. I don't have time to watch, you know, Monday Night Raw yeah. every week or whatever. And so sometimes I'll go back and I'll just kind of fast forward to the stuff I want to see. But I do always watch the pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. And so uh, – and they usually entertain me and that's when, you know, the bigger stuff is going on. But it's hard to keep people, you know, coming back. It is. Yeah. It's very hard to keep people coming yeah. back. I, I think that's the – that's the part because honestly now a big factor I think is there's so much to watch. And when I say that, I mean like there's – Obviously, there's regular television, but there's also like Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus now. And all these companies have their own shows that are exclusive to them. Like I know that new Moon Knight shows on Disney Plus. I really want to watch that. I haven't even watched it yet. I haven't yet either. Yeah. And it's it's not that I don't want to. It's just like I have a family member who loves Marvel. And he's like, have you watched Moon Knight? I'm like, not yet. He's like, what? I'm like, (laughs) you know, I've I've been uh, working and I work nights sometimes. So it's hard to do that. And so – to me, and this may sound strange, but it's hard for me to be like, oh, let's watch an eight-hour WrestleMania two-day event, you know, because that's such a long commitment to watching a, a wrestling show. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and man, it was like, and I, although I was having a lot of fun because, you know, I went I went to one night one, and by the end of it, I was pretty tired, you know. And Could I you was, imagine if it was that eight-hour show like it's been? Gosh, that's what I said. I'm like, I'm, I'm glad they do two nights. Yeah, me too, because I can't handle eight hours in a row. <laughs> I'm sure it's not the most comfortable seat. Yeah, no, yeah, and you're yeah you're packed in with people all around you and stuff. So, um, yeah, I can I don't think I can sit there that long. What no. what I thought was funny though, because I was really worried about like, man, what if I get hungry and I want to go to the concession stand? I'm stuck in line. They actually, you could uh, order food from your phone, and have it delivered to your seat. Dude, that's genius. Was it, <laughs> yeah. was it expensive? Uh, you, they still charge out the same price, but you have the options to tip and stuff. Okay. I thought I was going to – I didn't end up doing it, but I planned on it just in case. That's super smart though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because that's what – I hate those lines. You try to run out real quick, you know, yep. in between a match or whatever, and now everybody's packed up, and now you're, you know, Stone Cold's music hits, and you're missing out. Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't want to miss out on anything, you know, cool, any big WrestleMania moments, so. Well, what's funny, back in October, uh, me and a bunch of friends went up to Kansas City. One of our buddies was getting married. That was like his bachelor party, and mm-hmm. he wanted to go to a Royals game, mm-hmm. which I'm like, that's cool. I've never been to a pro baseball game before. Mm-hmm. And – we just get in our seats. The game hadn't started yet. They're like, hey, we're going to go to the snack bar real quick. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. They came back. It was the third inning. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, did you guys get lost? Like, where was the snack bar? And they're like, it's right back here. Long line. And I'm like, holy crap. You're not kidding. Like, so, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's, yeah. it's um, yeah, live events are different for sure. Yeah, but, exactly. But that, that, was that your first WrestleMania to watch? My first WrestleMania, yeah. yeah that had to be cool. Yeah, it, well, it was awesome. I, I'd never been, man. Just the atmosphere there, you know, when, when were you Cody up in the Rose came. Yeah, yeah, we were up high because we bought tickets later. We're like, we just want to be part of the sure. experience. And But, man, you know, hearing, like, Cody Rose music hit 
uh, uh, Stone Cold, Undertaker walking out, like all that stuff. Oh my gosh, like just hearing the roar of the crowd. Like, For this sure. Is amazing. I think there's something so special about stuff like that, you know? Like, yeah. I've never seen a WrestleMania before either. I remember I was an extra one time for a Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, like, man, that's so that's so cool. Like, yeah. you know, I've always loved the Royal Rumble. So yeah. to be backstage and kind of watch everybody kind of, like, line up before they walk <laughs> out, you're like, wow, that's that's crazy, you know? Yeah. And then, like, I saw the list backstage of the order, yeah. and they didn't go in that order. So Are I don't know if that is? was, like, a dummy list or what, but I was just like, wait a minute. Just They're... in case you're trying to put spoilers out online. I guess. And that <laughs> might have been what they were doing, but I'm like, I'm, I'm not stupid. I'm trying to get a job here. I'm not going to do that. But, yeah, I mean, it's just – it's I don't know. It's It has to be pretty cool to be, like, a part of history. Like, I saw someone – this floating around on the internet a while back. Someone had pictures of Hogan Andre from WrestleMania three. Oh, man. And they had him, like, kind of remastered where they looked, like, really clear. And it's just like, wow, you were in the crowd for WrestleMania three. Like, how cool is that, you know? Right. Like, if there's a show you get to go to, it should be WrestleMania because you're bound to see something that's going to go down in history. Sure, yeah, know? yeah. Yeah, so I like, mean, you saw Stone Cold's last match. Stone Cold's last Yeah, absolutely, dude. Like, how crazy is that? It was insane, dude. I was, I was like, I was screaming. I was yelling. It was, it was fun to step back and be a fan for a minute, you know, and just enjoy the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of been a faux pas, too, with wrestling, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I know when I kind of first started, it was very frowned upon to be a fan of yeah. wrestling, even though that's how we all got in. Yeah. And it was like, you know... I remember basically without being super strict, everyone was like, you can only wear wrestling shirts of people that you were a fan of as a kid or your friends. And I'm like, <laughs> well, like, what does that matter? You know, even when I first got started, it was kind of the same thing. People would make fun of you for it. And, you know, but now I think that's kind of changed. Everyone's like, we're all fans. Like, let's just say it. Like we like, all, we like, all like cares, it. You know, yeah. you know, like I, I don't, I don't, I just always thought that it's weird. I'm like, so I can wear a Razor Ramon shirt. Cause he was, one of my favorites. I can wear a Wyatt family shirt because I'm friends with those guys. Yeah. But I can't wear, you know, I don't know, whoever. Yeah, whoever's in there. Right. I mean, like, now. so, like, why does that matter? I don't know. So <laughs> I've always just thought that was that was strange. It's just yeah. a weird faux pas of the business. And I mean, not, you see a lot of the guys who are big now with their pictures with the superstars, you know, when they were younger. Like, they were taking pictures with, you know, with their. With that's their, another thing, taking pictures, right? Don't yeah. do that. Why yeah. not? Why not? <laughs> right. You know? I get not interrupting them in the locker room if they're getting ready or something. Sure. If you like you're you're meeting them or going to meet and greet or whatever, like I don't, I don't see the big deal in it. No, I uh, I remember when Sabu came to Compound, I, I got a picture with him because yeah. like, that's really cool. You know, <laughs> I, I don't want to miss that. And yeah. then I remember years later, I finally took a picture with Harley, but I was like, man, I really regret not doing that through the years. And, right. and it was just one of those weird things where. Oh, I don't want to get heat, but yeah, you know who cares? Yeah, exactly. I was like, and that's your trainer, you right? Know, like, yeah, that, that one should even be less of a big deal. Yeah, and I remember when I asked him, I was kind of like, "Harley, would be okay if I got a picture with you?" And he's like, "Of course, that's <laughs> fine." You know, like <laughs> so, maybe you kind of feel like, "Wow, well, I should have done this a long time ago," but <laughs> you know. And then anytime I would do shows, like in my later years for WLW, like Terry Funk would be there, or mm-hmm. Harley, or Bobby Eaton. I'd always get a picture with them, and they were always super cool. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm glad I finally did that. It just took me a few years to, I guess, think about it and do it. Right. You know, I don't know if that makes sense or not. It's yeah. just it's just one of those things where, like, you're always so kind of like, oh, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't exactly. want to have heat. And yeah. it shouldn't matter. Yeah, no, it shouldn't. And that's, uh, like, you know, if I was on the other end, if I'm the superstar, yeah. like, I'd be, I'd be, like, excited. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, absolutely. You know what's funny? You know, we were talking earlier about, you know, you know, knowing your dad and stuff and him talking about you being a wrestler. You may not even remember this, but I was in Walmart one day and I saw you there and this was before I was training or anything. I was like, man, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's his, uh, you know, you know, I think that's the guy that's the wrestler. <laughs> and like, and I like went over like, Hey, 
you're the wrestler? And you're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, it's nice to meet you. I, like, shook your hand. It was like it was at Walmart one day. And then I was like, oh, it's nice to meet you. That's so cool what you're doing. And then I just kind of like left. <laughs> I was like, you might not even remember that. I, I really don't, yeah. actually. I but... was like, it was just a random day in Walmart. It was before I ever trained. You know, my hair would have been short. I would have looked, you know, totally different. And... Yeah. <laughs> and that's always kind of something I've always thought about. Like, you want to, like, it's it's easy to, I think, in certain situations, not be it's easy to be nice is what i'm trying to say exactly it being a jerk takes effort and i've always tried to be nice to people you know and i'm sure there's times i wasn't but i always tried to treat people with respect yeah and be nice and like you know um i was at a wfc show with my nephew a couple years maybe about a year ago Mm -hmm. and sam stackhouse was there and he Mm -hmm. just won the wfc title Mm -hmm. so after the show's over they're all kind of outside the locker room i'm saying bye to everybody my nephew's there with me Mm mm-hmm He's like, he's got a champion belt. I'm like, yeah, he does. And I was like, you want to get a picture with him? He's like, can I? And I'm like, sure. And so I asked Sam. He's like, yeah. And he, Sam lets him hold the title. Mm-hmm. He still talks about that. Yeah. Like, I got to hold this champion belt. And I'm like, yeah, you did. That's a big deal. Like, when you feel it and you're like, oh, my gosh, things like heavy. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and it was just one of those little things. I'm like, man, that's that's such a cool thing. You yeah. know, he'll always remember that. Like, he, I got to hold his champion belt. Yeah. You know, like, he thinks that's so cool. So. Yeah. I'm I'm a big I'm a big believer in always just treating people fairly. And yep. and what's funny is Undertaker mentioned this in his Hall of Fame speech and that it's and I'd heard it initially from um not personally but someone that said Kurt Henning, that was kinda how he lived his life, I guess, as well. Mm-hmm. Always treat people nice because mm-hmm. you never know who's gonna be a star. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess he had told the one, two, three kid that early mm-hmm. on. He was like well, be nice to the extras because you never know one of them could end up being a star. Mm-hmm. And and one two three kid was like, yeah, and like you know who was an extra during that time? Freaking Jeff Hardy. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah, like that's you. We don't think about it like that, but he became a huge star. Yeah. And so you never know, and that's why it's to me it's always important to just try to be nice to people, treat people with respect, and yeah. and make sure and make sure they have respect too, and so yeah. and stuff like that. But that's just kind of a a, a thing I've always. I'm like wow, that's so true. Like you never know. I always and I, I'm not the same way. Like you know, my people always talk to like Nathan. Are you ever even mad? Like, <laughs> do you get mad? You yeah. know? And I'm like, not, not really. Like I'm a pretty laid back guy. Like I'm chill. Like same thing. I try to be nice to everybody because even more than, you know, you, you know, on top of that, you never know what they're going to be. Like you don't know what people are going through. Sure. You know. And so, you know, maybe you can just be, you know, a little bit of light in their day that day, yeah. you know, and so, you don't, you know, a lot of people are dealing with, you know, depression or whatever, sure. anxiety and, you know, struggles of their own. All right. I, you know, be a jerk to them for no reason. If I can try to make things a little bit, you know, a little bit better. Yeah. There, there's no reason. You might as well be a good, a good person. I agree. And I, and I know it's sometimes there's been times I've gotten mad at people in wrestling. I, I've never tried to be like, screw you, leave the business or anything like that. But I mean. <laughs> There, but there are also times I feel like people do, do need to be called out too. Like, and there's a difference between you know if somebody's just being an idiot and you need yeah. to like you know like what are you thinking? Yeah. You know? there, there was a referee one time and he was kind of just really, you know, I don't, he wasn't putting in any effort mm-hmm. in the match. And so I pulled him aside. I was like, hey man, you need to when you're out there if if you don't look enthused, like that body language is going to read to the crowd, even though you're not the focal point. If you see a guy go through a table and you're just like, mm, you have to look like, oh my god, like he's like, well, I really, you know, I'm not feeling good right now. I'm like, then don't come. <laughs> and he's like, what? And I was like, if you're not feeling like you want to be here, then don't be here. Right. Pretty simple. Right. And he was like, and I and I and he told me later on, he's like, that really spoke to him. And mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to be a jerk. I was just trying to tell him, like, you know, you have to be if you want to be a part of this, you have to be a part of it. You, you can't have to give it your all. Yeah. yeah, you can't. You can't halfway do it. Not in wrestling, because mm-hmm. I mean. 
it's it's all dependent upon everything. Yeah. And if guys are out here busting it and hurting themselves, you need to, you know, show that in your performance too, even as a referee. Yep. Yeah. Because like you said, if, if you look and the ref's just like looking like nothing's going on, yeah. like why would they? You know, same thing. You know, commentary obviously is you know putting it over huge. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't he also be shocked? Exactly. And I think all that reads. I remember we had a referee one time. Um, this is a match in Missouri. <laughs> he would get in the corner, and he'd cross his legs. And I was a big like I remember like William Regal used to say thir- certain things like like that like don't he, I remember he got onto a couple of referees like don't stand like that like <laughs> it looks like you're not even prepared for anything yeah and don't put your hands in your pockets he was very particular on mm-hmm. certain things so I remember I was wrestling my buddy Jack Gamble and I got real close to the ropes I was like shoot me in the corner because <laughs> I was gonna try to hit him because <laughs> I knew he couldn't move away in time and it was just it, me more like pr- playing a joke yeah. on him but it's like you gotta again. If you're in this business, you have to be. And I told him later, I was like, "You can't stand that way." And yep. Of course, he didn't. He wasn't receptive to it yep. because he probably didn't even want to be there. But to me, all that factors in. You know? Yeah, but you know, in, in reality, because something like that happens, you need to be ready to move. If your legs are crossed, you're not going to move. I mean, that's just like no. any any sport when you're moving. You know, you shuffle or whatever. You don't cross your legs. Of course not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and that was kind of like me trying to teach him a lesson in that moment, and he almost got hit. <laughs> you know? So again, like you have to be a, a referee has to be prepared for anything. A good referee can make a match good, great. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Um, and. They can also take a match that's good and make it not as good if yeah. they're not where they need to be. So yeah. all that factors in. But anyway, man, I don't want to keep you here all day. I appreciate you stopping yeah. by. Absolutely. Um, kind of promote uh, Core Pro Wrestling, what you guys are doing over there. Yeah, so uh, Core Pro Wrestling, uh, we run in Sand Springs, Oklahoma once a month. Our next show coming up is going to be Friday, April 22nd. Um, the the bell time is 7.30. Show's gonna, uh, doors are going to open at 7. Uh, this one in particular you know, normally our shows, all the funds go back into the church. This one, the funds are going to go to our uh, referee, Ling Yang's family. Yeah. Uh, just kind of help with some funeral costs and stuff. That was a horrible deal. Yeah, it's sad, and it, it, it's hard to lose him, you know. He but was such a good guy. He was. He was. So, uh, you know, so come out and support if you can because, you know, that, like I said, all that, all those funds are going to go to his family. Um, we don't have a May date yet, but uh, our, our June show, which is, you know, last year was our biggest one of the year. Gonna be Saturday, June fourth. So we're we're kind of building up to that. You almost are WrestleMania type moment. But yeah. Friday, April twenty second, next show, uh, big main event, undefeated Dan Weber versus Double D for the nine one eight championship. Nice, yeah, awesome, man. Well, like I said, I've been to a, a core show before. I know Masker Papora works sometimes, yeah. which yeah. I I haven't seen him in years. I'd yeah. love to catch up with him again. He'll be at our next one too. Uh, awesome, yeah. <laughs> he's he's a great dude. He's a great dude. Yeah, uh, me and him had a really good match years ago in yeah. Compound actually. So yeah. um, I would like to. I'd like to talk with him. I'd like to get him on the show. I don't know yeah. if he would be willing to do it or not, but he'd be a fun guy to talk with. I know he's yeah. lived an interesting life. But, yeah. But, yeah, check out Core Pro Wrestling if you're in the area and follow them. I know you guys are on all the social media yeah, stuff. Or, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Follow us on all of them, all under Core Pro Wrestling. You can find us on there. Awesome, man. Well, dude, I, I good luck with the rest of Core. I hope you guys do great there. And also, hopefully start, people start seeing you on the indies. Yeah, Popping absolutely. Up yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right, back here to close up episode 74 with Nathan Estrada. Big shout out to Nathan for being on the show. I'm sure he'll be on again sometime down the road. Um, Core Pro Wrestling, I think they have a sh- they had a show this past weekend, so uh, they're still going strong. I uh, I dig it. I dig what people are doing. I, I think it's really cool to see people 
get out of their comfort zones a little bit, whether that's wrestling, managing, refereeing, ring announcing, or even promoting. And Nathan's kind of got his hands in a both in a couple of things. And I think he's kind of learning as he goes, you know, because it's not an easy thing. Like, if if you are not on that side of the table, it's hard to understand. I I am not a promoter, and I'm not a booker, but there have been times where I kind of helped slide into those roles to help people out or hey can you do this or do that and it's one of those things like booking a match or a show is easy when you're not involved it's very hard when you also have to worry about your own thing like you have to do everything but then you also have to get with your guy to talk about your match make sure your stuff looks good so it's it's definitely a process and that's why like promoters like going on first great feeling you're like oh i don't have to, I have to worry and go on early and be done and it's great it's it is just a very it's a difficult thing that a lot of people probably don't completely understand um but like i said great to have nathan on the show and uh he'll be back on again very very soon my guest next week will be referee james simpson a guy we met actually me and bane met through the podcasting world he is a referee um up in the northeast area and just was a fan of the show he listened to the show put over our show he's a big fan excuse me a big fan of bane's music and he's always putting that up and he's got a incredible tiktok game super funny guy so uh i thought you know what this is a cool guy like well let's have him on the show let's hear his experience what his life is like in the world of pro wrestling so he'll be coming up next week um first time talking with him again another a brand new guy i think that's what's cool is having these different you know people that i've met in my journey having them on to kind of talk wrestling you know it's it's definitely a cool thing so that will be next week's episode a uh, big shout out to some of our podcasting buddies and the fully posable wrestling figure podcast jeff and scott uh jeff's a little down and out right now we wish him a speedy recovery but you know the fully posable guys are always making it happen doing great stuff so uh, check out their show and scott's side project drunk wrestling history Doing the favor with Eric and Barry, check them out as well. The Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast with Steve and Eric. Um, me and him had a little fun back and forth on Twitter recently. He posted the picture of Halloween Havoc 1997. If you guys have not seen this show, the main event's Rowdy Roddy Piper and Hollywood Hogan in a steel cage. Near the end, Macho Man Randy Savage does a run-in, climbs the cage, and jumps off, does the old double axe handle to Piper. And... Um, that cage is like so ridiculously tall. Yeah, I know they always say a 15 foot steel cage. This probably was close to that. It was so tall. And like he showed the image of Savage standing on top. And it's like, I can't believe he jumped. Because, I mean, Savage was probably mid 40s at this point. He jumped all the way to the, from that to the ring. It's just like, holy crap. And I joked, I was like, I wonder. You know, cause it was. It, you always heard like Hogan showed up late, so you know Savage is showing up late. Makes you wonder if they didn't realize like, oh damn, that's a big cage, and like put it all together. Yeah, I'll come in, jump off the top, and hit him with the old double axe. Because if you remember, like when Hogan wrestled Flair in that cage match, the one at like Halloween Havoc '94, I think it was really short cage, like, very very small. It was basically the War Games cage without a ceiling. Very short. And then later on, they kind of got a more traditional cage. But this one was, like, just insanely tall. Makes you wonder if uh, if that if that took place and, you know, 
Savage didn't look at it and then realizes like, oh, holy crap, that's a big cage. But then call an audible, man. Don't jump, jump 15 feet. That's crazy. But that's what makes wrestling fun, right? All these crazy things we see uh, where we re- relive through the uh, network and Peacock and all that good stuff. Right, check out PPW. Check out Tales from the Estate with Drew Vinsel and his wife, Caitlin. In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. The Ringside Rant with RJ. Uh, the Leisure and Lariats podcast with Ruthless Ryan Davidson. Boot to the Face with Marty and Rucker. Uh, let's see what else we got. I'm doing this all from memory, folks. Trying to make it happen here. <laughs> Uh, makes it tough sometimes. Uh, Howlin' with the Wolf with Jason Wolf. Um, Night of the Nerdy Laser podcast with uh, with our buddy Richard and his friend Matt. And uh, Trivia with Buds with our pal Ryan Buds. He was recently on. Really fun episode as well. So that's all I got, guys. Thanks for checking out You Know It's Fake, Right? And remember, as the great Johnny Valentine once said, I cannot make you believe that pro wrestling is real, but I sure as hell can make you believe that I am. I'm Brian Breaker. This is You Know It's Fake, Right? And we'll see you guys next week. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful. I've been around for a minute, and I can stand toe-to-toe with the best of the minute. Don't give a damn about critics, they talk a lot, but at the end of the night, I'm selling the tickets. All the tough guys avoid me, the ladies all adore me, paparazzi record me, I can put on a clinic, all my opposers are born.